You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour four of The Big Show right now. I'm Patrick DeMa. got Alex Brody along with me as well. We are in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. They are the, your local experts for basement, waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. We are all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystemscalgary.com. Talk about the Flames and how they're going to be fighting here for the playoffs uh, as we enter the final month of the NHL's regular season. But uh, their baby AHL team, their farm club, the Calgary Wranglers, the Baby Flames, uh, they're a win away from possibly clinching a playoff spot in their first year here in Calgary. We go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, and we are joined by the voice of the Calgary Wranglers. You may also hear over on City News 660 doing sports. This is, I would love to speak, Sandra Prasina. How are we doing today, Sandra? Hey, Patrick. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. How are you? Oh, I'm doing lovely. Glad uh, glad you could join me here finally. We've been uh, chasing for a bit, but you've been busy, but glad we could talk to you. Uh, how was the game last night? It was a big 2-1 win. Now the magic number's down to two. Yeah, and I thought it actually might get done yesterday. We had to watch the out-of-town scoreboard, and we're hoping for a San Jose loss in regulation, but they actually ended up surprising Ontario beating them. So couldn't get the X yesterday, but the nice thing is, that come from behind victory last night, taking Calgary to be the first team to 40 wins this season, still leading the American Hockey League. And and two really intriguing games, this back-to-back versus Colorado. You think back on Tuesday night, Calgary going out to a 5-0 lead after 40 minutes. And then the next 60 minutes of play, if you include last night's game, Calgary not scoring a goal. Dustin Wolf basically just holding up the fort. He ends up making 39 saves last night and Calgary scoring two goals in the third period to come from behind and win that game. So what I really like about this group is the fact that they're finding ways to win and it's not just about Matthew Phillips and Connor Mm -hmm. Zary. It's about this really complete effort. All four lines getting involved. The blue liners have been outstanding, particularly Jeremy Poirier. So a lot to like about this group heading into the postseason. Yeah, we'll go to Jeremy right now. Leading scoring defenseman on the team. He's fifth in AHL scoring amongst defensemen in his first year of professional hockey. Uh, this guy he just keeps. Last time I talked to you, he was starting to way find his way. Now it seems like okay, this guy he might have. A, we might have a player on our hands here in Jeremy Poirier. Huge. He is just blossoming right before our eyes, and he's taking more of an active role defensively, which I think was one of those things that he needed to work on. And Mitch Love, I think, putting the onus on the young man to say, okay, we know what you can do in the offensive zone, but you have to play a 200-foot game. And you can tell that his stick work is getting better. He's tying up players in the corner better, keeping them wide. So all of those little things, to see him grow like this in his rookie year, it's just been wonderful. And it's funny because... He's also a rookie. Jan Kuznetsov is a rookie, and we don't talk about him a lot, but Mm -hmm. these two players obviously winning championships together in the queue, um, and they could not be more different, and yet they are the two cogs that are really keeping that blue line going because of their respective styles of play. So you got Poirier, run and gun, somebody that quarterbacks your power play, can play a lot of minutes, and has very has this 
innate instinctive offensively. He's got that flair. He can skate with the puck. He gains the zone so easily. And then someone like Kuznetsov, who likes to hang out at the blue line, mm-hmm. throws the puck in offensively, but is so good defensively. And he has just been one of those unsung heroes on this team. And I think we say it a lot in broadcasting. If you don't notice the blue liner, he's probably doing his job. And that's what Kuznetsov is doing as well. So I don't want to, I want to make sure we highlight his play too, because it's been very good. For sure. It's also uh, his 21st birthday today. So happy birthday to Yan yeah. Kuznetsov. Uh, big guy, you know, the good size too, 6'4", 209, uh, left shot. He was, uh, he is under contract to the Calgary Flames as well. Uh, the 2022nd round pick. Uh, one of the trades uh, that the Flames made uh, back on deadline day on Friday was uh, was essentially an AHL deal. Uh, redeems a Horna out to Toronto. Uh, they bring in the the Wranglers essentially bring in Dryden Hunt. Uh, makes his offseason home here in Calgary, so it was an easy move for her, him, I'm sure. How's he uh, been looking at it in his first few games uh, with the Wranglers? Yeah, so he's spinning on the top line with Matthew Phillips and Ben Jones, and he's fit in really nicely. His first game, he actually put up a pair of points, and although he's been held off the score sheet for the last two games, he is noticeable. And I remember when Pat had him on, I don't know if it was the day of the trade. Yeah, it was on the third. He had him on Friday. It was yeah. Friday, right? Yeah. yeah, sorry, the days are a bit of a mess. But yeah, Pat oh, had him on the show, and... He basically said, okay, what should fans be looking for? And he says he's good on the puck. He's got a good shot. He's tenacious in the offensive zone. And he's lived up to that billing. And he does not look out of place at all. And, of course, you lose a top-line center like Redeem Zahorna. And you wonder what his replacement is going to be like. And although the size difference is certainly there because Zahorna is a six foot seven guy, I think, Hunt, you've got somebody that can play in all situations. And then that comfortability level because he essentially told Pat it's like he's coming home so what a what a trade for him and he comes to a team that's right now first in the American Hockey League not to say that the Marlies aren't a good team by any means I don't mean to say that but it must be pretty neat and you must have that really nice comfort level being back in Calgary How's the uh, group been? With, like, obviously, they have like names like Jacob Pelche has been out of the, out with the Wranglers for a while. Walker Dewar's been gone for a bit. You can even probably throw in uh, Dennis Gilbert into that foray mm-hmm. as well. How's the club been like around like to replace those guys who probably aren't going to be coming back? Yeah, which is a bummer, obviously, if you're a fan of the Wrangler, Wranglers. But if you look at the bigger picture, mm-hmm. it's so nice that they're having success with the Flames, and that means that the farm team is doing its job, right? Because all three of them look prepared and ready for big NHL minutes. And here's Jacob Pelche playing on the first line and Walker Dewar doing a bottom six role really well. But I think for Mitch Love's crew, there's always been this next man up mentality. And the best, best example to me was Tuesday when Josh Brooks scored his first goal of the season blue liner. I think he's only suited up in about a dozen games right now. Nick Malosh is out with an injury, so mm-hmm. that's opened up a role on that blue line. He gets a pair of points. Alex Galant's been playing. I mean, he's known for his physicality and laying out hits and being able to drop the gloves, but he's played some really good minutes on the fourth line, and I think just there's such a really good buy-in with this group. They know that if Dustin's in that, he's able to make the saves. Oscar Dance mm-hmm. coming in, he's doing a great job as the backup, but everybody knows they have a role, and Mitch Love really likes to also reward his players. Somebody like Ben Jones has just worked his way up the lineup. Now he's playing on the top line. He's having a career season. Mitch McLean having a career season. Yep. Mark Bishop finding the Ben Jones. So 
yeah, like the, the role players are playing key minutes with this team. And when your coach rewards you for the things you do on the ice, maybe you do in the weight room, in the video room, you want to play for that guy. And I just get the sense from these players that they really enjoy being under Mitch Love's tutelage. Yeah, Mitch Love, uh, man, that guy, like we saw we, our last conversation, I, I believe this guy will be on an NHL bench sooner rather than later. Uh, we, we talk about Dustin Wolf. I know TJ Tynan, we'll be seeing him on Ontario here. He's how he's leading the league in scoring. Uh, and again, he's going for his trying to win his third straight yeah. AHL MVP. What is the chance Dustin Wolf unseats him? Ironically, Jason LaBarbera was the last goalie to win AHL MVP. Do you think Dustin Wolf could legitimately win an AHL, AHL MVP this year? Yes. And we talked about this last night on the broadcast because you look at everything he did last year, goalie of the year, rookie of the year. You think, okay, what else does this guy have yeah. to win? But everything that he does is the first in the AHL this year. First to 30 wins, leading the league in shutouts, in wins. You look at his save percentage, stellar, goals against average, stellar. And last night, what I loved about last night is the team was struggling to generate anything offensively through 40 mm-hmm. minutes. He held down the fort, kept it simple. Top of his crease, making saves, no rebounds. He gave his team the confidence to go and score two goals and take the come-from-behind win. So then they give him run support. And it goes both ways. He gives them a chance to win, and they help him out by scoring goals and defending well. So I think it would be a group effort if he is the team MVP, but the onus... I mean, everything is on him, and he's doing it. The onus on him is to pick up the wins and put up the good numbers. But every challenge, he's been able to tick off that box. And there is reason, absolute reason, for Flames fans to be very excited about this guy. Yeah, I, like we we see it. We I mean, probably like I think the the the, the guy the the pitchforks and the Flames have stopped so much with uh, seeing of <laughs> Dustin Wolf getting called up here for a game or two, as uh, as we see with Markstrom's play of late. But yeah, Dustin, this is a this is a, a, a an extremely exciting player to watch going forward for the Calgary Flames and fans to be uh, excited about. We're, uh, we're talking with Santa Priscina, Calgary Wranglers play-by-play, also does sports reporting over at City News 660. I want to talk about Connor Zari. This guy, you know, he's just eight points behind Matthew Phillips for the team lead in, league sc- in team scoring. Uh, I think a lot of Flames fans think this might be the next one that could find his way onto a Flames roster. Uh, talk about Connor Zary's play of late. I know he had a little bit of laps there. He didn't mm-hmm. score in like five games, but he's picked it up the last two here. Yeah, and I think he realizes that once you're playing in a market like this where all eyeballs are on you because mm-hmm. you've got ownership watching you, you've got Daryl Sutter watching you when he's not on the road with the Flames, and then you see that Jacob Pelche has made a really easy transition and Walker Dewar has made a pretty easy transition. Okay, who's next in line? It's got to be you. And just talking to Mitch Love about Connor Zary and the fact that you mentioned it right there, he went on a bit of a, a dry spell, I guess you want to call it. He's in his third year, and yeah, he's having a career season, but he's still figuring out how to be a pro, especially in a big-time market mm-hmm. like Calgary where you've got the NHL club playing the same building. So for him, it's about... You're not always going to score on the rush. You're not going to score on a one-timer all the time on the power play. You've got to get into the nitty-gritty areas and score, whether it bounces in off your shin pad, off your bum, off your head. You've got to be there in front of the net and taking those hits and taking the cross-checks because it's not going to be pretty, and it certainly won't be pretty to start in the NHL. So for him, it's just learning about being a pro 
in an NHL market. And now he's up to the challenge because he's playing important minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Once the playoffs roll around, they're going to be looking to him to be a difference maker, puck on his stick, carrying it 200 feet and making the most of it. So it's good to see he's risen to the challenge. And now he has to take that next step because yeah, he's a first round pick and the expectations are always high. So he knows. And so far he's living up to the bill. Yeah, 25 points last year in his first full regular season with the Stockton Heat, up to 50 this year in his second uh, full pro season. Uh, It's tough maybe to evaluate them. Uh, I should say, is it tough to evaluate the Calgary Wranglers as maybe the ultimate favorite for the Calder Cup? Uh, You know, best in the league point-wise, but they haven't they haven't played the Eastern teams. And I, I'm sure it's you know it's tough for you guys to like really like oh, okay what are the Toronto Marlies doing because you won't see them yeah. until you have a chance at the Calder Cup. Is, is that is that a tough gauge or do you, we think the Wranglers overall might be are the best team in the in the league? It's tough to say. I think it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. They've only played one team in the Central Division this year. That would be Manitoba, yep. and that's just because they're a Canadian club, so travel is a little bit easy. They're second in the Central. Calgary's handled them well each of the time they face them. But again, you don't know what's happening with teams in the North and in the Atlantic other mm-hmm. than looking in the standings. So Hershey will be a tough test. Providence will be a tough test. Toronto. Yep. And then it sort of falls down in the North a little bit from there. But I think one thing that you can hang your hat on is say this team is deep. It's yep. playing for each other. I know it's a cliche, but it's super next man up mentality. And when Mitch Love gives the door, Somebody's busting it open. You mentioned Ben Jones. Clark Bishop has done it. Mitch McLean has done it. Um, somebody like Cole Schwint, who got off the schneid last night scoring the game winner. He's playing, even though he's not putting up points, and I know a lot of people are curious about him because he came over in the Huberto trade, but this guy is a great two-way player, and he will help this team to success. So I think Calgary is deep enough to make a really long run in the Calder Cup. And you talk to people around the Flames and CSEC, and they always joke, they're like, I hope you're ready to be calling games in June because it certainly could be the reality for this group. I uh, can't get you out of here without talking about uh, Canada soccer. I know you're, you're in on that too. I don't know how much you've been paying attention of late, obviously with, with the Wranglers and whatnot, but uh, uh, Christine Sinclair, Sophie Schmidt, Janine Becky, and Quinn, are uh, they're going to be in front of the Heritage Committee today uh, yeah. explaining with Canada soccer. Oh, obviously the She Believes Cup, that was a disappointment, but obviously there was such a dark cloud hanging over the whole team. It was tough. And now you got Charmaine Crooks uh, in as president. They don't feel like they can trust her because she's off the old regime. And then you got the whole thing is like the CPL and Canada soccer business. It's like there's a lot of lot of things that can get unfolded here. But what are your yeah. takeaways right now from uh, from this fight going on with uh, with Canada soccer? Yeah, my message to Canada soccer is figure it out and figure it out quickly because um, World Cup is coming up pretty quick for these ladies. Mm -hmm. Imagine this is the last tournament that Christine Sinclair, the best player to ever come out of this country, and that's the taste you're going to leave. What if she decides to hang it up internationally after that? What a black mark that would be on sport in this country. Canada soccer needs to figure it out and figure it out quickly because they're not only losing the support of soccer players, but of fans, mm-hmm. of fans of sport in this country. I mean, I will never take away the achievements of the men and John Herdman, but before the men did what the men did, yep. it was Diana Matheson, 
scoring a bronze medal winning goal, 2012 London, which was the most important goal in Canadian soccer mm-hmm. history. And basically everything Christine has been able to do as the top international scorer. How dare Canada soccer put such a blemish on the women's program that held up soccer so long in this country? I am so disheartened and disappointed that it's come to this point. And if they don't figure it out, it's not only going to hurt the women, but it's going to hurt the men as well. Because John Herdman has his fingerprints all over both of these programs. He talked to the female, um, excuse me, the female soccer players like Carmelina Moscato this week named the Canada, uh, the Canada Soccer Hall of Fame. And she says she owes everything she has to John Herdman. Christine Sinclair says the same thing in her book. If she ha- if you haven't read it yet, pick it up. It's an awesome read. Yeah. I mean, come on, Canada Soccer, you are losing so much with this battle. Yep. Just do the right thing. That is my absolute message right now. No, I can't, can't say it any better than that. I know you're uh, all over uh, what the women do in Canada Soccer, one of the best at reporting it on it as well. Uh, hopefully we get some good things out of this and because uh, this is, this is a, such a good thing happening with both the women's and men's programs. We can't yeah. let this falter, especially with obviously the women going to the World Cup here in, Ju- uh, in July and August down in Australia and New Zealand, and then the, we're, holding, we're hosting the dang thing in three years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the world is watching. If you... It would be naive mm-hmm. for people not to believe that, especially as a host in 2026. Yes, people were watching in 2015 for the Women's World Cup, but now the stage is even better. Yep. Canada, obviously, the men qualifying for the first one in 36 years had, I guess, an okay performance. But if you're going to host, you better be ready for it. And uh, just, again, my message, figure it out. Yeah, let's get the noise out. Well, thank you so much, Sandra, for all this. Uh, you're killing it with the Wranglers and... uh not much game home games left, but hopefully get a lot of home playoff games for you yes. to call. Yes, and uh, you mentioned it right there. Four regular season home games to go. It's a four-game homestand at the end of the month. If people haven't been out to a game, I recommend it. It is just a nice way to spend an evening, and you'll be seeing some of the future of the Flames. For sure. Yes. Okay, thank you so much, Sandra. We'll talk again soon. Pretty sure probably do a playoff primer for the Wranglers next time. Consider it done, Patrick. Thanks for having me. All the best, bud. Thank you. You as well. There you go. That's uh, Sandra Priscina, the voice of the Calgary Wranglers, and you can hear her over on City News 660 uh, doing the sports as well. Yeah, the Wranglers only have four home games left the rest of the way, March 24th, 26th against the San Diego Gulls, and then the 29th and the 31st against the Henderson Silver Knights. But yes, the uh, Calgary Wranglers, the best team point-wise right now, in the American Hockey League. And Sandra joined us down the Atlas Pizza Sports Bar guest hotline using that same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Want to thank our guest, Frank Saravelli from Daily Faceoff, um, Adnan Verk, Sandra Pacina, and Brandon Parker from Flames TV all joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. The Merrick Show is next. We'll kick things off with Elliot Friedman. And then at uh, 10.30, Anthony Stewart. At 11 o'clock, Andrew Raycroft, former Boston Bruins goaltender and analyst over at Nesson. And then at 11.35, Calgarian and current Islanders TV analyst Thomas Hickey will join the program. That's next. Hope you enjoyed today. We'll be back at you tomorrow here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.